So we're kind of in the heart of our retreat right now. And kind of smack in the middle. <laughs> and So you've seen some things, you've known some things, and also there's a lot more to be discovered. Still diving into the mystery together. <laughs> and um, in our mystery navigation toolkit, we'll add a few more um, practices or ways to meet what's coming. Um, when we're emphasizing the quality of concentration of um, metta, remember we talked about it can be a concentration practice, it can be a cultivation practice, it can be a purification practice, it is all of those things. And when we use just one category of being, like just ourselves, for example, we really emphasize the quality of concentration or samadhi, this kind of gathering, collecting, settling the mind, um, which is useful in the first few days of retreat because as many of you mentioned in our meetings yesterday, you can be like, wow, the mind is it's really doing some things. It's really... <laughs> It's really time traveling, it's really fabricating, it's really, you know, having full conversations with people who are not here. <laughs> right? And so then it's helpful to like have one category of being or even simplify the phrases just to keep it simple so the mind can kind of gather, collect, start to stay. Um, and once the mind starts to settle, which for all of you, it has, um, at least to some degree. And um, I'll say in the settling process, sometimes it doesn't feel like settling because we just notice more about what the mind is doing. But the fact that you're noticing is itself an indication that there's some settling, there's some clearing, and you're more aware of what's true in the mind. Right? So yay for that. And um, I'll say that you don't have to leave metta for self in your practice as you go throughout the day. If you're finding this is like really rich territory for you, you can, you, you're in charge of your practice. There's no like metta police coming to make sure that you <laughs> send it to the difficult person or whatever. <laughs> Oftentimes, self is, some, is a difficult person anyway, so it's like <laughs> just all inclusive, you know. It's like an all inclusive resort or whatever. Um, <laughs> friend, benefactor, neutral, difficult, all here. Um, and if you'd like, there's a way to start to extend intentionally the meta practice to different categories of being, so that we can extend the heart you know, in an intentional way towards different individuals or different categories of beings that um, also um, need and deserve our love, you know, and who we can discover that we actually have the capacity to give love to. So I'll just um, talk a little bit about what each of these categories are uh, in case this is a newer practice for you or you just want a refresher or um, and then we'll practice with the type of metta where you bring in different categories um, and offer the phrases. And then um, before we leave, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, just how to practice today. Um, does that sound good? Okay. All right. So you've been working with self. Um, Sometimes in practice, the instruction is to start with self. Sometimes people start with uh, benefactor, um, which is another category. And by benefactor, it's meant um, a being who is um, an embodiment of this unconditional love, unconditional friendliness. Um, 
This can be someone who has just loved you unconditionally, someone who has stood up for you or advocated for you, protected you when you needed protection, could be a teacher, could be like a world leader who inspires you or spiritual leader, could be a deity. Inanna, Kuan Yin, Yamaya, Mother Mary. Could even be a force of nature um, for some people, the ocean. Yeah, a tree. Does anyone have a special tree yet? <laughs> I see some of you out there with the tree. <laughs> Your special tree friend. It's all good. <laughs> if you can't get weird here, you know, where are you going to get weird? <laughs> so, you know, basically it's someone who is, the love is, feels a little uncomplicated. And I know it can bring up sometimes um, a feeling of like, have I haven't even had that kind of person in my life who's like really, really there for me no matter what, or who loves me unconditionally? Um, some of us are lucky like that. We have a, a you know human person who's been that for us, or maybe they will, you know they were that for us during a moment in time. You know, like because human beings are complex, and maybe they're not. You know, it's hard to sustain benefactor status for any of us for a lifetime, but maybe there was like a real period of time where this person came through and you can really, you know, use that emanation of them as your object. Um, or, you know, like if, if, if divinity resonates with you, it's also okay to turn towards the divine, you know, or turn towards nature, um, but the idea is that this is someone for whom it's easy to, really easy to give love, really easy to receive love. And it's kind of like a meta mentor in a way, like someone who really just embodies that quality. Um, then there's the quality, the category of the friend. And um, um Friend is like a category of being who, it's someone who in this practice um, you, you love, you have like a, a, a real quality of warmth for, but also you, you see their humanity. Like they're not perfect person. Like by design, they don't always show up, you know, the way that you want them to or do what you want them to do. And sometimes they make choices. You're like, why did you do that? (laughs) Or if you would just listen to me, (laughs) things would go a lot better for you. Right. And so part of what we practice here is can we um, extend love even for beings who like frustrate us sometimes, even for beings who are like so clearly outside of our realm of control um, and who um, we might not approve of the choices they make sometimes. Um, We might have moments of like misunderstanding or not feeling eye to eye or even kind of small, you know, hurts and betrayals. And yet at our heart of hearts, we want them to be happy and healthy and free. And so, and we know they want that for themselves. And so we amplify that with our offering. And then there's a category of the neutral person, um, which is such a funny, like, category. I feel like when I learned this, people often talked about the neutral person and they would give examples of people who did like service roles, which I think is such a, like, it says more about us than about, <laughs> you know, that like we think of the, you know, person who um, uh, 
you know, provides an essential service for us as someone who's like neutral in a way. Um, and certainly no one's neutral to themselves, right? And each one of us has, um, yeah, just the whole world inside. I mean, I don't know if you remember back to that first night three weeks ago when, <laughs> when we met and you just got to have a glimpse into, you know, each person, just like a tiny slice of their world and their humanity, you know, and to think, wow, each person in this room has like an incredible, you know, we might not know each other, but an incredible like richness of people who they love and who love them. We each have dreams. We each have um, had disappointments We've each had our struggles. We each have had our joys, you know. So the neutral person is like, it's, I think a better, I find it easier to think about it as a person who's unknown, like in our lives, but we don't really know everything that's behind those eyes and that face. And, you know, but we know that they're a human being and that all human beings want to be free. And so we can also extend that wish in the spirit of like, hey, I don't know you, but I know that um, you want to be loved and you're inherently worthy of love. And so even though I don't know you, I wish that for you, whatever that means to you. And then there's the difficult person. Maybe the difficult person has visited you already. (laughs) And you said, no, no, not today. <laughs> today it's all about me. Um, but it's a new day. And if a difficult person arises, um, or in this case, in this next practice, if we'll intentionally kind of bring them in as a category of being that we can work with. And it's often suggested not to use the most difficult person in your life. Um, certainly not someone who's been like outright violent or abusive um, because um, the idea with metta is that we're going where it's actually easy for it to flow. And um, sometimes with someone who's been so um, hurtful to us or to people that we love or to this planet, it's like, it's too much of a struggle. And I think one of the ways... that we can think about the metta practice is that the actual giving of the phrase, the intention is for it to be gentle and for it to be warm. And so it feels like we're like pushing, you know, it might be okay to like take a backward step and take a little break and maybe choose someone where it's a little easier to, to offer. Um, But the idea with offering metta to a difficult person, it's, you know, I don't know altogether how things work. I've heard incredible stories of transformation of relationships through people offering metta to someone who's difficult. Like someone yesterday told me that they're like got through their divorce because they were able to offer metta to the person that they were separating from. So there is some kind of magical and mysterious plane on which metta works that I, I, you know, you have to kind of see for yourself, but we know without a doubt, you know, in addition to that, that metta is for us. It's for our own hearts. And I think many of us have started to feel that, you know, the kinds of shifts that happen when we spend so much time um, receiving and sending love. And when there's someone who's difficult and we have intense aversion to them, that aversion is a bind it can actually bind us more strongly to the object of our aversion than love does, right? Love is open, love is free. Aversion binds. And so um, if we want to be liberated, it's a, um, one of the things that we got to let go of. And so metta can help soften those binds. Um, there's a willingness to see the person for the goodness that is there, even 
though they may be misguided or unskillful. There's a willingness to see the whole person and not just the harm. And to see that the harm, you know, or the mistake or the unskillfulness, like, doesn't happen in a vacuum. There's a, um, a, uh, a restorative justice um, leader, practitioner from Chicago named Shira Hassan, who says, you know, no one, no one commits violence for the first time as a perpetrator. Right? Everyone who's acting unskillfully, like they probably experienced some unskillful stuff in their life too. So it's not that there's something inherently evil in them we're all together in this. And it doesn't mean we have to let them in our lives. It doesn't mean we have to ever talk to them again, <laughs> you know? But if we don't want to be bound to them in this kind of stickiness of aversion, there's some way in which we have to recover a sense that this is a human being who's also wants to be happy and wants to not suffer. And may they find that in their life. Maybe if they did, they wouldn't be so harmful. And so offering metta to that person can restore them to a place of neutrality for us. And then, you know, finally, there's an invitation to extend metta to all beings everywhere. In the metta sutta, they do it through category of beings, and it's really cute. They're like <laughs> tall beings, medium-sized beings, <laughs> short beings. <laughs> <laughs> beings who are near to us, beings who are far away, invisible beings, visible beings, beings who have been born, beings who have yet to be born. So we kind of extend that wish in all the realms and let the metta just spread. So that's kind of a landscape we'll, we'll explore in this morning's practice. And then we'll talk a little bit about threading the practice through the day. Um, I'll guide a meditation now. So if you need to or want to like stand up or lay down or stretch your body, or, you know, we'll only do about 20 minutes of practice, but we've been sitting for a little while. So, oh. So um, taking a moment to connect with the spot that you're on on the earth, to remember the earth. Let your body touch the earth.
And turn your awareness to the presence of a benefactor. A being or an energy that for you embodies this quality of unconditional love, unconditional positive regard, protection, And see if you can draw their energy and even visualize them close to you. Like however you would be um, if they were here. Maybe pulled into their lap or with their arms wrapped around you. Are you feeling what it's like to be in their presence? Imagine whether in words or in a feeling, being able to send from your heart to theirs the wish, may you be happy and free. And to see them really receive that wish. And that that wish increases their freedom and happiness. Maybe they already are happy and free and it just it just makes it happiness and freedom expand, you know. And I appreciate that wish. And so just sending it, you know, a few times on your own. May you be happy and free. May you be happy and free. And seeing them receive your love and your care and really light up. Even benefactors need our love. May you be happy and free. And sending the last, you know, phrase or two, may you be happy and free, may you be happy and free. Seeing them receive that, those wishes, and turn towards you with so much love in their heart, such a loving spirit, and just pour the same wish back into you. It's like hearing them say, feeling them send this wish back to you, May you, darling, be happy and free. May you be happy and free. May you be happy and free. And seeing now if you can receive that wish from them. Like, oh, they really want this for me. And I just take it in.
And then having heard this benefactor offer you this wish and practicing receiving it, see if you can take that wish on and start to do it for yourself now. May I be happy and free. May I be happy and free. May I be happy and free. And as you send yourself this wish, see if you can you know, see yourself through that benefactor's eyes, how much love they have for you, how much they believe in you. How much they see your tender spirit so worthy of care and protection. Just practicing offering yourself that wish with as much sincerity as they offered it to you. It's a practice. May I be happy and free. Not sometime in the future, but even in this moment. May I be happy, may I be free. And then noticing what it's like to offer that wish and receive that wish from yourself. Taking a deep breath or two and starting to include in this circle of care a friend. Just whoever comes to mind and you open the door and say, friend, someone who's accompanied you for a part of your life's journey, a long or a short part, someone who's dear to you. Someone whose humanness you've really seen and who you just care about anyway. They have their ups and downs. They make their mistakes. And you can also see how much they want to be happy. They want to be suffer. They want to be free. So calling forth the best parts of them, the highest parts of them, the most awake parts of them with your awareness. and offering them the phrase now, from your benefactor to you, to your friend, may you be happy and free, my friend. And see if you can picture them in this very moment, happy and free. May you be happy and free. May you be happy and free. seeing them really receive those wishes as you wrap up your last phrase or two for this friend. And then inviting into the circle someone you actually don't know very well. Maybe it's someone you see on your daily commute or who lives in your building or you know, 
someone on this retreat. I'm noticing that you can picture their like physical form, but you actually don't know much about them. All you know is that they're a human being who is doing their best. to be happy and to not suffer that they like every being have immense joys in their life and have known sorrows that have people who have looked after them and people who they look after have had gains and losses and are somewhere on their journey to freedom. So offering them the same phrase and just noticing how it feels for someone you don't know. I don't know you, but I know that like me, like all of us, you just want to be happy and free. May you be happy and free whatever that means to you. May you be happy and free. May you be happy and free. May you be happy and free. And imagine them feeling more happiness and more freedom just right now. And finishing up your last phrase or two for this neutral, unknown person. Seeing them really receive your love and your care. And now bring to mind someone who feels a little bit difficult for you. Maybe you already know who this person is. Maybe they visited you before in your meditation. And you can invite them in to the circle, but they don't have to be, you know, so close you can picture them at a distance that feels like right for this relationship right now a distance where you can really see their humanity maybe even picturing what they were like as a child innocent as they came into this world And the part of them that is still that sweet and that loving and that so innocently wants to be loved and to be cared for. However unskillfully they may pursue those needs. So just a few times, we won't stay here long sending some love to their heart you've been difficult for me and I still want you to be happy and free may you be happy real happiness may you be free real freedom. May you know the meaning of those words in this lifetime. And seeing them receive 
your care. Your wishes for them. And imagine that those wishes draw out the best parts of them. And then from this circle of care, starting to expand your awareness out and really spread it over all the beings that there are. Tall beings, medium-sized beings, short beings. May you be happy and free. Two-legged beings, four-legged beings, beings with fins, beings that crawl, beings with wings. May you be happy and free. Beings that are visible, beings that are invisible, may you be happy and free. Beings who are born, beings who are yet to be born, may you be happy and free. Expanding your love as far as your awareness can stretch just for another moment or two. And notice that metta will spread on its own. We don't have to push. Just allow. And let it flow. And then slowly start to allow that you know, visualization to dissolve and really bringing into the foreground your experience of your body in this moment. Like, oh, here's the body, here's the breath. Here's a spot on the earth at this moment. Just letting the mind and the heart and the body rest. So feel free to stretch your body, look around the space if you like. And um, you can feel free to just keep, you know, doing what you need to do for your body. I'll um, just give you some more words. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in terms of structuring a practice today, it is fine to, you know, um, I would say 
it can be helpful to each time you sit, have an intention for how you'd like to practice. You know, would you like to stay with just self? Would you like to do, you know, just the kind of like more like easy flowy categories like self-benefactor, self-benefactor friend? Would you like to do the whole smorgasbord, <laughs> you know, um, up to you. Um, but uh, having a plan for the sit kind of like gives it a little structure so you're not spending, if you have a mind like me, you'll spend half the sit being like, should I do this? You know, should I, uh, who, who do, you know, and then it can be helpful for purposes of concentration to stay with the same being. So like if you, you know, the friend who came up, like every time friend comes up, just send it to them and know that like, because you're sending it to that friend doesn't mean other friends don't get it. It's like everyone in the category gets it, right? So you don't have to be worried about like, oh, this other friend's going to feel bad. <laughs> I'm only hanging out with my one friend today. Like everybody, it works for everybody. So don't feel bad. Um, but just in terms of like kind of generating more um, concentration, that can be helpful. Um, and also don't worry about spending like exactly the even amount of time with each being. You know, sometimes that's like, oh, I have to like spend five minutes with each, you know, 45 minutes. Okay. That's like, you know, six minutes per person. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> time isn't real. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, you'll know when to move on. Um, and it is possible to, um, you know, either at the beginning of a practice, just be with the body and breath for a while and then go into metta. Or once you've completed your, Meta practice and the mind is just full of love, you know, you can kind of just relax after all beings and just be in the field until the bell rings. Um, so all those are good options. I, you know, you'll, you'll use your intuition and figure out your own way. Um, there's um, some questions about posture and um, I'll say that uh, if you're noticing, well, we're probably practicing a lot more than you used to at home. So, um, it's not uncommon to find that the body is like, what's going on <laughs> with you right now. Um, and so it might be time to bring some more like props into your practice. Um, like if the knees are complaining and you're sitting on the ground can be really helpful to bring some support under the knees. Like if they don't come down to the actual ground, like you can put one under here or sometimes an angle is really nice like this, like, kind of like, Oh, that's really good. Um, you can also uh, lift up the height of your hips. Um, so put another cushion on there. Sometimes that um, is a support. And then you might alternate with sitting cross-legged. Um, here, I'm going to turn this off now since... <laughs> oh, maybe I'll leave it on. Just I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so... Uh, you can also experiment with moving between cross-legs and... <clears throat> um, sitting, kneeling, either using your cushion kind of sideways and sitting like this, or a block and then a cushion can be nice. So feel free to come in a couple minutes early from, you know, your next sit or stay a couple minutes after and just find like, you know, a different way to um, sit. And just variety can sometimes really help with that. Um, if you are... Um, whether you're sitting in a chair or a cushion, sometimes if there's um, shoulder pain that's happening, bringing a cushion um, or pillow and putting it on the lap and like raising the hands up a little bit can be helpful. It's just like the weight of the arm bone is like a little like, <laughs> so kind of bringing it up a little more can sometimes be helpful, more support, you know, or even like holding it close. You can see what that feels good. Um, and, uh, it could be a time to experiment with lying down for a practice. Um, you know, the worry is that you could always fall asleep. Um, so that happens sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you snore. <laughs> if you hear a snoring person, send them meta. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's not the, the Buddha, you know, this is a valid, um, uh, meditation position. You know? 
and um, for many of us <laughs> at the end of our lives, that will be our meditation position. <laughs> so good idea to get a little practice in now. Um, okay, just a couple other notes on practice. Uh, if So you can definitely use all of the phrases, you know, or several phrases, um, like I mentioned yesterday, and there's some up there. If there's one that's feeling particularly like it calls you, you can just use one phrase over and over again, or two or three. Um, if you feel the phrase is naturally evolving, you know, without being discursive in the mind about it, but just like you, you, it occurs to you, there's a new phrase that really gets at this heart of the, the heart quality, then go for it because the words are just meant to point to an experience. And if you find that the experience is bringing up new language to describe what it is, try it out. Um, and, um, and then stick with it for a little while. Um, it's also possible sometimes when the practice gets going that the phrases themselves, the like longer phrases feel a little clunky. They feel like a little, like, it's just like too many words. So you could also just drop to the essence of the phrase. You know, it could be like something like I'm imagining sending like light to my own heart, safe, happy, healthy, ease, you know, you can just like, like essence of the phrase. Um, and if even the word is just like starting to feel like too heavy, you can just send the feeling, you know, maybe it doesn't need a word anymore or you send the word, you know, every once in a while and then just like let it radiate. So feel free to use your creativity or intuition to um, find the right amount of effort and the right amount of support to allow this meta to kind of grow. And in the text, the, um, the Metta Sutta, there's, um, there's this part where it talks about like, like not just doing Metta in formal practice, but doing Metta kind of all the time. It's, um, uh, what? I won't do it in Pali, but maybe we'll, we'll chant in Pali to, like later tonight. Um, but it, it, the translation is, um, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection, this recollection being the recollection of loving kindness. Um, this is said to be the sublime abiding. Right? So one of the phrases for uh, the translations for Brahma Viharas is divine abiding or best home. It's like we can actually reside inside of this heart quality and take it with us everywhere we go. And the way that we do that is starting to build continuity of the phrases and remembering either the phrase or the feeling, you know, whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, you know. Um, and so all the things that you've started to do around like kissing the earth and um, there's a practice that Sharon Salzberg calls stealth meta, where you just like, you know, <laughs> When you're like passing a tree or a frog or a person, maybe happy, maybe happy, <laughs> maybe happy. Just kind of like, you know, you know, look at them, just send them a little love beam, you know, maybe happy, maybe happy. She says she does that in airports. <laughs> so that's an option for building this kind of sustaining this recollection. Um, you can also um, slow down. Like, um, and I'm not a good example of this because you might see me eating, because I actually do have to like do stuff, like I have to like prepare the next talk and stuff. So you might see me eating quickly and like walking somewhere. But for many of you, you don't have a, um, you know, meetings that you're getting to or anything like that. Um, maybe like one meeting a day or something. So, um, you know, uh, it's easier to be kind when we go slow. And then in terms of movement practice, this is an invitation to try something different today than what you did yesterday. So if you, yesterday you kind of did like the free form, maybe today try finding a path and walking back and forth. Or um, if you, all you did yesterday was find a path and walk back and forth, 
you know, go jump in the lake. Like, you know, part of what we're doing in the practice is disrupting our habitual patterning. So, you know, try something different. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.